All right, let's start this off with a little beer, as usual. Fuck, it's a bit windy out here, eh? Hmm. Oh, well, we're gonna rock and roll with it anyway. Let's see what the fuck happens. Hey, what's the fun of it? Yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. How you all been out there? Hope you've had a fantastic week. A little less than a week, really, because I, I didn't get that uh, 100th episode um, bonanza out until like Thursday last week. Um, Apologise for the lateness of that episode. Hope you all enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun recording it. Um, obviously, uh, things didn't really go fully to plan, but it is what it is. Uh, people have been hitting me up saying that John's vocals are way too low. Um, I understand. I wasn't recording everything simultaneously. We were recording it through Zoom, guys. And um, John was on a mic sitting right next to me, plugged into my mixer. We did a sound check and he decided to chat at half the volume that he did the sound check at. So it's just what it is, guys. So sorry um i couldn't boost it in post or anything like that well i I probably could have but i didn't have the time for that sort of shit so uh john will be on again guys don't you fucking stress it was a fun episode i hope you guys all enjoyed it um yeah so shout out curtis and john for joining us on that episode shout out joe filicamo aka bloom for giving us some wicked new music at the end of that episode if you haven't had a chance to check it out i highly suggest you do it was pretty fucking awesome so how's your week been? We're coming into the fun season, hey? The festive season, the crazy season, the silly season, whatever they call it. Yeah, it's been fun. I've been um, trying to get on top of things this fucking year, guys. I'm, I'm one of these dudes that normally has to go out to the shops on Christmas Eve and battle the traffic and the parking and the fucking assholes at the shops uh, just to get last minute gifts or whatever. I'm trying not to do that this year. I'm really going to try. Uh, but I can see it happening already because fuck, I'm already over the shops, right? Friday night, I um, went out to check out the new Karen Up Shopping Center here in Perth. Um, they've spent fucking years and years uh, developing this thing into some world-class massive fucking shopping mall or whatever and it's just a shopping mall in the end, just a little bit bigger and I guess with a few more restaurants than before. They've got a cinema now. And they've actually got a pub, which, which is good. I used to live in Karenup. I used to live right near that big shopping center over there. And uh, it kind of pissed me off. It's like the fucking curse of wherever I move that development starts happening, right? So I moved out of the house in um, the northern suburbs and I moved to Scarborough originally. I was there for about maybe three, four years, four years, something like that. Pretty much within six months of us moving in there, they decided to do the entire scarborough beach revamping rehaul fucking massive uh site works that went for the next three years or so uh so it was kind of just finishing when we moved out of there moved into karen up uh within six months of moving to karen up they decided to rejig the shopping mall that was right down the road so it was just fucking chaos there was tradies fucking trying to find parking and shit uh, whatever they finally finished it though and I'm nowhere near it, so trek down to check it out. It's okay. Tried to get a, a bit of my fucking secret Santa shopping and the kids shopping and all that sort of stuff done, but fucking kind of got bits and bobs. I ended up spending more money on myself than anyone else, but that's just what shopping's like, guys. Yeah, it was all right. Fucking, it's one of those shopping malls that like, Karen, I've always been known as being like kind of higher end than other places. Like I had a Maya, you know? 
we're all Kmart shoppers and they go ahead and have a fucking David Jones and Maya. So it's kind of a bit ritzy for us suburbanites here in Perth or whatever. And it's kind of the same sort of trend. There's a lot of shops that are just, um, you know how you normally go to a shop and it's just like, there's a whole bunch of random crap. This is a shopping mall that has like actual brand shops, right? So there is a Nike shop. So instead of going to a shoe shop and getting Nikes, this is, they only sell Nikes, right? And all that sort of stuff. But it's just fucking overpriced bullshit, really, when you do that. Um, I found a shop that was there. It's called Aesop, I think. Aesop, but there's an E after the A or something like that. Aesop or some shit. And it's kind of like, I don't know, face creams and shit, I guess. Anyway, fucking when I got married years and years ago, someone had gifted me like a little um, sample pack of all this Aesop shit. And obviously the wife used most of it, but there was like one little face moisturizer cream when I was snowboarding that I found really fucking good for the windburn and shit. It was really, really cool. So I was like, you know what? We're here. We're at this shop. The only other one that I've known of that exists all the way in the fucking city. Let's, let's just try and find at least just that fucking little face cream sort of thing. Tracked it down. This is one of those wicked shops that has zero prices on anything. Um, and they just tell you when you're at the checkout. And I wish I had my wits about me because I bought 40 mils of some fucking face cream for $80. And I was kind of stuck in the moment. And I should have just laughed at the chick's face and said, are you fucking serious? You've obviously mistaken me for some fucking idiot going to spend 80 bucks on a stupid face cream that I don't even need. I just remember it and thought it'd be nice because I'm here. And then, nah, I chickened out and I paid for it. Fucking, it is what it is. Uh... But all the shops were like that, guys. I think I got away with something, only spending 80 bucks at a fucking boutique shop like that. But I don't know. Had some fun. Karen Up's kind of cool. It's completely changed. It's one of those things where like the shopping mall's kind of been completely like rejigged and a whole bunch of expansions and extensions and new layers and all that sort of stuff. So there's some parts of it that are original. And I had to fucking find my way to those original parts just to even know where North and South was anymore. You get fucking lost in those places. It's, it's, it's retarded. Um, but yeah, at least they had like the nice sort of like indoor outdoor sort of big dining area, you know, with like a whole bunch of pubs and restaurants sort of around and there's some fountains and kids are playing on some, uh, God awful park near there or whatever. And, you know, we went and got dumplings for dinner and got, we didn't get served by robots, but there were robots serving tables at this restaurant, which I'd never seen before. It's that um, new thing that they're kind of sneaking in on us, right? So it's a, it was a dumpling restaurant. I forget its fucking name. It was a shit name. It wasn't anything authentic sounding. It was sort of just like tasty dumplings or something like that, right? Uh, fantastic dumplings, by the way. Everything on the menu was fantastic. We split a bottle of rosé and got a whole spread for us. And yeah, it was Everything was fucking good. I want to go back just to experiment more with the menu because they didn't fucking disappoint at all. But it was weird seeing like, you know, it's one of those like new, like futuristic kinds of things where you sit down at a table and they just like dump an iPad on the table and you order on the iPad. And then we got served by humans, but everybody else was having like these little robot things. It looks like a, a Roomba with some racks on it, sort of rocking up to the table with plates and all that sort of shit and kind of freaking people out. Because, um, I don't know, these robots don't have great social skills. So they just sort of appear at the side of your table, rotate around to sort of present your food. You take your food from them, but they kind of linger a bit long, like a, like a, like a, a special needs waiter. Um, 
I don't know if you're supposed to hit a button to let them know that you've taken your food or, or you tip them or some shit like that. I, I have no idea. So everything seems super fucking high-end, like tech-wise, tech like automated, all that sort of stuff's going on. But we get to the end of the meal, and I was like, I fucking, now I don't even know how to pay for this meal. Do I have to like walk inside old school and like pay at the counter? Like everything else is super high-end. I was thinking that that's, that's, that would be the most Chinese shit ever for this little dumpling place to have all this technology and then still be like cash only. And there's like a till with one of those fucking golden kitties with its fucking paw going back and forth, right? Um, pretty much was. It wasn't cash only, but it was that scenario. You know, there's just the owner taking all the cash and he's hired robots and a whole bunch of, um, I don't know, I guess cousins or nephews and nieces and stuff like that to run the rest of the show. I don't know. It just is what it is. And uh, yeah, it was fun. So shout out that dumpling place at Karen up. That was fucking delicious. And shout out those little robots. Um, I felt like tripping one of them over though. I got to be honest. Like they kind of disgust me. I don't like seeing fucking robots pretending to be humans. It's annoying. It's annoying. So yeah, that was my Friday night, guys. Because um, obviously we recorded that last episode, um, the 100th episode, uh, Spectacular or whatever. They came out on, on the Thursday. So haven't had much time in between drinks, guys. Uh, I was supposed to go sailing over to Roto on, um, on Saturday and, uh, we tried, uh, didn't work, ended up getting the fucking, uh, mainsail of the boat jammed so we couldn't get it out. And so we were like, uh, we'll see what happens. We keep going, we get the foresail out. So now we're fucking, you know, we're cruising along at a max of like three and a half knots. It's going to take us five hours to get to Roto. Um, for those of you who aren't in Perth, Rottnest Island is like a little holiday island just off the coast, you know. It should take you 45 minutes in a big boat to get there, but we're in a, a sailboat going super slow. And even slower with our fucking main sail down. So we're like, fuck it, this isn't even going to work, let's just motor, let's just drive the boat with the motor all the way there. And we started, and then everybody on board was kind of fucking over it at that point. So we turned around and came home, and that was it. So that's still to come. I definitely want to fucking do a rotten ass trip on this boat, guys. I'm looking forward to it, but uh, I want to actually sail there. There's something fucking magical about sailing. Just like, you know, when you turn the motors off and you're just sailing, you're just getting carried by the wind, like fucking you're in this complete self-contained fucking unit you know it's creating its own power creating its own water the wind's helping you out here and there like i fucking like that there's something cool about it but it's it wasn't meant to be this weekend guys wasn't meant to be so maybe next week i'll try that again um see who's up for coming with us and all that sort of shit but i don't know failed attempt over to roto on saturday fucking sunday i hung out with some family and i had um fucking my mate ramsey around we just drank and chat chatted and whatever and now the week's hit and now i've got to fucking deal with a whole bunch of bullshit i had a fucking pest control guy come around as well yesterday and uh i don't know am i getting ripped off by these guys does pest control really make a difference i mean i've noticed the difference but i don't know if it's worth the fucking money the guy comes around with like a spray can and just sprays around the outside of my house he's here for like 12 minutes that's it that's a whole fucking job fucking 250 bucks this guy's crushing it, man. Maybe I'm in the wrong industry. Maybe podcasting is not the way of the future. Maybe just fucking spraying chemicals that you pretend are very expensive on random's property is the future of money. Who knows? But yeah, 
Yeah, it's just fucking... Yeah, it's been a little time. It's been a little time. It's been fun. I have had a chance to check out some new music. I have been playing a little bit, jamming a little bit. Um, nothing recorded or anything like that. But, um, you know, guys, I'm, I mentioned it in the last episode of the podcast how I'm, I'm pretty fucking excited for um, this new Matrix movie coming out. I know we're, like, probably the last people in the world to get it as a release. It's releasing on Boxing Day here. Uh, as opposed to like the 17th of December elsewhere in the world, which isn't far away. So I'm going to have to do a bit of a media blackout over the next few weeks. I don't want to hear anything else about the fucking Matrix. I don't want any spoilers. I don't want fucking any plot details or any of that bullshit being um, sort of suggested to me. Because fuck, I'm excited for this movie, man. Um, it's been way too long. I was a huge Matrix fan, fucking 99. I remember opening day, Curtis and I going to that fucking, um, that screening, 9am in the morning, and uh, not knowing what the hell that movie was about, and then getting into it. Curtis didn't really get into it as much as I did, but it fucking changed my world. I mean, anybody, like, this was like the days of, like, the Truman Show and stuff like that, where people questioning reality, and could this be a simulation, and all that sort of shit was going on, and you know, I trust the Wachowskis to tell this story. Like, I don't know if you know anything about the writers, directors of, of The Matrix, right? It's, it's, it was um, the two brothers. I forget what their names were. One of them was Larry, that's for sure. Um, yeah, and since those movies, they've both transitioned to, um, to being females now, right? And so there's now Lily and Lala. Lana. Lala? And it, <laughs> Lala's a cool name. But um, Lily and Lana Wachowski... Uh, it's only Lana Wachowski that's involved in this next movie, uh, made the full transition, all that sort of stuff. And you know what? Who the fuck better to tell this story, right? Like the whole idea of the Matrix was this separation. It's like this, um, it's like this Cartesian thing, right? Like from fucking Descartes of this um, mind bodily body duality thing, right? So there is like if you if you if you know Descartes, he's the I think, therefore, I am guy, the philosopher, fucking French, Rene, I think his name was. Was it Rene? Pretty sure it was Rene Descartes. Um, anyway, so his whole idea was that there are like two kinds of substances in the world. There is um, physical substance and there is mental substance and they somehow interact or whatever. I mean, it's probably a bullshit theory to be able to separate the body from the mind and stuff like that. We've never been able to prove anything like that, whatever. But that seems to be the basis of the whole transgender community, right? Is that they, they make that, that fundamental claim of being born into the wrong body. And everyone kind of just goes, it's like, well, well, wait a minute. Have, have we proved a soul? Because that's what your whole stance is kind of contingent on, Right. Is that the fact that there is a separable mind from a body? And not only that, that that mind that is separate from the body is also gendered prior to being in that body or something like that. I don't know. I don't fucking know. But either way, these people are dealing with that issue, right? And let them write a fucking cool movie that deals with those topics. That's all. So who better to fucking write a movie like The Matrix or like obviously the fourth installment of The Matrix um, little chronology going on here? Who better to fucking write that movie than someone that's obviously felt that way their entire life, right? Felt like they were born in the wrong body or whatever. They, they honestly feel deep to their core that their mind is separable from their biology or whatever. Um, so fucking makes for great sci-fi writing, hey? Let's be honest, it's all sci-fi. Um, so <coughs> from what I can tell, from the trailers I've seen of this movie, it looks spectacular. 
I'm really fucking interested as to how some of the plot points are fucking going to work because as far as we know, I know I'm a bit of a Matrix nerd, guys, and I fucking really look into this story probably a bit too deeply. Um, But by the end of the trilogy, the Matrix had been restarted. Neo was dead. Trinity was dead. Fucking there was a bit of a truce between the machines and the humans or whatever, but everything seems to be fucked up. Smith was apparently gone, but Agent Smith's back. He's definitely back from what I can see in these trailers. I don't know how the fuck he's back, but he's like one of the coolest villains of all time, right? Fucking Hugo Weaving crushed that fucking role. He crushed it. No one could be better, um, but someone else is uh, playing Smith in this one. I did hear that Hugo Weaving was approached to be in this movie, but because of scheduling conflicts or whatever, he couldn't do it. Guys, I've got my fucking everything on my body crossed that there is at least a cameo from Hugo Weaving as Smith in this movie. Because that will fucking make my year. That will put a nice bow on 2021 for me, is seeing fucking Hugo Weaving back as Agent Smith. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, I got something stuck in my throat. But yeah, I want to talk more about The Matrix. I might have Joe on, because um, he's a huge Matrix fan as well, so... Uh, maybe, maybe after we see the movie, we have a, I mentioned it in the last episode, but we have tickets booked for the day after Boxing Day, so we're not going to get there straight away. We will go see this movie, we'll debrief, we might do a podcast about it. If you're a Matrix fan, fucking let us know. We're all excited for this thing, man. Like, this is one of the coolest, uh, movies to come out in the late 90s, early 2000s. That whole trilogy was amazing. It changed the fucking landscape of cinema if you don't know how important the matrix was think about everything in the like the i don't know general zeitgeist vocabulary these days of calling people red pills and blue pills that's the matrix right yeah you take the red pill you learn the truth you take the blue pill you stay in wonderland whatever or something like that maybe the opposite way around but either way the whole pill fucking thing it's all Matrix, and some people these days like won't even know where that's really from. Watch those movies, guys. They're fucking fantastic. But anyway, let's get on to some music for this week, guys. We're going to do a classic podcast episode. I just rant about any old bullshit like I just did, and then we get on to some fucking new music for the week that I've checked out. And um, let's start with the biggest album, lengthwise, and we'll go lower and lower from there, I guess, because um, there's a new Alicia Keys album came out a few days ago, and I've literally, maybe an hour ago, finished listening to it. It's fucking cool. It's called Keys by Alicia Keys, and I, I don't know, I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Alicia Keys, that's not a real name, right? Her surname's something else. I gotta fucking look this up. I'm sh- her name can't be Alicia Keys, and she happens to play the piano. That's pretty fucking lame. Let's check her out. Like Alicia Keys. What do we reckon her actual name is? Is it really Alicia Keys? I don't know. That's just. I'm trying to fucking type into my phone at the same time, but I suck at doing these things. But uh, what have we got? What have we got? Singer songwriter from America, Alicia Aguello Cook. Her surname's Cook. All right, Alicia Cook, a.k.a. Alicia Keys, released an album called Keys, and it's fucking an hour and a half long, and it's like two albums in one. There's like one side, uh, like the whole first, I don't know, what, 10 songs or whatever on the album. They all have in brackets next to them, like, original, and then 
The other ones, after like a little pivot point. So there's this pivot point in the middle of the album where you hit a song called Keys. Um, and then it goes to a lot of um, the same songs, but they're called, I don't know, what, fucking Unleashed or something like that? I don't know. what. The, what God, I didn't think I'd be doing this much typing into my phone while doing this podcast, guys. I am sorry. But yeah, you get to that, that song called Keys, and then it switches from Originals to Unlocked. Unlocked. And a lot of them are the same songs, but now you have like some more hip-hop beats going on in them and stuff like that, right? Um, really neat idea for an album. I really like that. Where you have like sort of the sketches of the songs, then you have like sort of a different version of the same songs at the end of the album. That's pretty fucking cool. But by the way, the, the originals, like the first half of the album, I loved I thought it was fucking awesome. It it actually felt like actual jazz scores, um, like standards, proper jazz singing. It felt like just jazz club vibes. I fucking loved it. The piano work was amazing. Like, let's face it, like Alicia Keys can fucking play the shit out of those ivories, right? And she's she's been like a classical composer since she was like twelve years old or something like that, right? And that's something I remember. I'm not reading it from Wiki right now. I know I had my phone in front of me before, but it is all locked away. But I'm pretty sure that she's some fucking uh, compositional prodigy. You know what I mean? Um, from her young age. I don't know if she is anymore. But you can kind of tell in the first half of this album, guys. But then it does make that pivot. Kind of just has similar songs, but there's more guest artists. You know, you got fucking Lil Wayne and all this shit sort of showing up dropping verses for no reason and 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 that and that that's it's cool it's charming but it kind of feels a little contrived to me i don't know i preferred the first half of the album let me know what you think of it the album's called keys and it's two albums and it'll take you some time but uh it's worth it guys um and like i said that first half of the album is gorgeous it's gorgeous it's just wicked loungy jazzy uh standards it's it's cool and her voice is amazing amazing like she can she can sing and it felt like she was really leaning into that jazz singer sort of vibe at the first half of the album rather than going like the pop style singing over the top of 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 jazzy numbers you know what i mean so yeah it was it was authentic i believed it i fucking believed it it was really really cool but anyway on to the next one guys but do check that out alicia keys is fucking cool and my wife's a huge fan so i'll be listening to this album again with her i'm not too sure if she's had a chance to listen to it yet but i know she will or she'll at least want to and i'll force her to because that's what i do anyway i checked out an album guys this is a bit of a weird one because i'd never heard of this artist before and i really enjoyed the album um the guy's name is nick murphy and he goes under the sort of artist artist title like or whatever, um, Nick Murphy and The Program. When you look at it on Spotify, it's just sort of Nick Murphy, comma, The Program. So it's him collaborating with The Program, and he's got an album out called Taking the Roses, and it's cool. It's like, it's soft rock-ish, but it just hits this wicked little dulcet tone, almost bluesy in times. And uh, it's one of those albums that if, if you've had a few too many, it's the end of the night, you're fucking wanting to just fucking put a ribbon on it and end it for the night and just relax with that last drinking cigarette chuck this album on i really think it'll it'll hit that mood it's not a daytime listen right this is a this is a late night listen this album and it's so late night that it's almost morning put it that way right 
Because late night, it was really late night. You want something pumping. You want something to give you that extra bit of energy to make it through to the end of the fucking, whenever the club closes or whatever. Uh, this is after the club's closed. So this is like that 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. kind of album. And uh, I liked it. I really did. Um, there's some good string orchestration through it. There's um, some like beautiful little chord progressions, beautiful lyrics, beautiful fucking um, like tone to his voice. Like his voice is a... Like, he's not belting it out. He's not trying to prove anything, but he's just doing everything very well in his pocket and just crushing it, man. I, I, I really enjoyed that album, guys. So check that one out, please. It's called Taking the Roses uh, by Nick Murphy and The Program. And shout out The Program, because uh, if Nick Murphy's just singing and The Program's doing the rest, it's doing a good job as a good program. Maybe you should let Zuckerberg know because it seems a bit better than whatever bullshit he's concocting in his fucking metaverse over there. Did you hear about that last, last week, guys? Fucking someone getting married in the metaverse? Jesus Christ, it's a good time for the Matrix movie to come out, hey? And everyone's going to be warned of the dangers of giving into a simulation that controls your life, hey? Zuckerberg's not going to fucking enjoy this new Matrix movie. He's trying to sell everyone that as if it's a new idea that he came up with. The Matrix is from 99, man. We all know about the metaverse. That was the whole point of that movie. Fuck, whatever. Anyway, the biggest news, one that excited me the most this week, guys, was a single from our local heroes here in Perth, Carnival. If you don't know Carnival, don't break my heart, guys. Just go out there and get a good education in Carnival, the band. If you're into your prog rock and just coolness and just fucking wicked musicianship, you should know Carnival. It's Carnival spelt obnoxiously uh, with a K and a double O. I should just spell it out now, I guess. It's K-A-R-N-I-V-O-O-L, Carnival. Uh, but these guys are fucking sick. I've, I've been a fan of Carnival since I was like a teenager, right? And uh, I've got things to say about Carnival as a band. Right? And um, I know if, like, fucking Liam's listened to this, he knows what I'm talking about. Like, I have had issues. I have taken umbrage with some of the vocal stylings of Ian Kenny before. Uh, this song uh, that they've just released is called All It Takes. It's a new single from Carnival. It's classic Carnival, which to me means that musically speaking, it's fucking amazing. Dude, the rhythmic pocket that these guys can sit in so comfortably is, I'm, I'm just fucking jealous of their ability to sit in a complex rhythmic pocket like this, yet also be so patient with the way it evolves and is going to develop. Like, they're in no rush to get anywhere. Um, and it's just, it's impressive. It's impressive as fuck, and it sounds sick. Um, it's just vocally Carnival has annoyed me every now and then like the first album they bought out It felt like the singer and the rest of the band were right on the same page, right? The chemistry was there They're ebbing and flowing together. They're reacting to each other, whatever as time went on Musically Carnival got better more sophisticated more experimental, but obviously like they just owned that experimental space fucking amazingly yet there felt like there was more and more of a disconnect between um, the vocalist and the rest of the music. Uh, maybe he wasn't keeping up musically. I don't really know, but it's just something that made me go, ugh. I mean, I'm not saying this is 100% of the time. I'm saying this is just most of the time. Every now and then they fucking hit it and it's amazing. It's next level music and that's what we're looking for, right? 
We're looking for those fucking wicked glimpses into something that surprises you musically, right? Uh, this new song has moments where it feels like it's a bit contrived vocally or whatever, but then it hits every now and then, and it's a fucking joy. It's a joy, guys. I really enjoyed this song. I'm going to chuck it on again after this podcast just to see if I can solidify some of my own thoughts on it. Uh, but I've, I've listened to it four or five times already this week, and so far I haven't really changed my mind too much, but there are some great great vocals, great moments in it. It's it's a patient one. Wait for the last half of the song. It gets better. It gets better, right? It's fucking amazing. So obviously this is sort of hinting at a an album. Like whenever you see a single come out and it's got new artwork and stuff like that, and they've kind of done a bit of an overhaul on their Spotify page, it's like, oh, they're preparing for something. So God, I hope this is an early Christmas present for everybody to get a full-fledged carnival album just before Christmas. That'd be fucking amazing. We all need it, man. We all need a new carnival album. It's been way too long. Well, they've only got like three albums out. Uh, I'm sure they could, they could, uh, yeah, speed up some things there. But I fucking love carnival, guys. So please check out the new carnival song. It's called All It Takes on Spotify, all that sort of bullshit. And remember, if you've got any uh, recommendations for me, send them to me. You know, you can email me, scott at thejamroom.com.au. It's an Australian thing. Uh, or Instagram or Twitter, at jamroompodcast. I will respond to everything, guys. I appreciate you guys. It's fucking amazing that anybody listens to this garbage that I put out, but I appreciate it. And it's only going to get better, guys. But this is just a classic episode for now because I felt bad because it was so late with that 100th episode. Um, so cheers for tuning in. I'm going to leave you with some music as I always do. And what I'm going to leave you with today, guys, is uh, Curtis was a little bit annoyed at me that when we were talking on that last episode that I didn't show any music that involved him. So here is a song that uh, I think it's it's me playing guitar. It's Curtis on drums. No, Curtis on bass and Liam on drums. And this is just a stupid little uh, song that we put together when we were jamming uh, probably, I want to say, 12 years ago, 10 years ago. It's a long time ago, so it doesn't sound great, but it is what it is. Some pretty cool little riffs in there, actually. Um, some weird time signatures as well. I think there's, uh, if I'm counting in my head, I think it's about 15.8, something like that. Anyway, have yourselves a fantastic week out there, guys. Here's a little song that we call Dr. D's Dilemma because that's just something you say that keeping track of the, the rhythmic timing for it or whatever. It's a stupid thing. We never really name anything appropriately uh, because what's the fun in that? Have a great week out there, guys. This is the Jam Room Podcast. Thanks for listening. Take care now. Bye-bye then.